You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to WSUW, 91.7 FM, The Edge, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. Joining me today... Uh, is returning guest to Rashkin Report, Yuri Filstinsky. Yuri, how are you? Hello, how are you? Fine. Good. And uh, Yuri is a historian and an author who has written a number of books about Russian history and Russian Secret Service and uh, what they do in this world. And I couldn't think of any better person to discuss what's going on in our world than Yuri. So, tell me, Mr. Filstinsky, do you feel that Trump... President Trump, whatever we want to call him, number 45, anything. Do you feel that he is, um, at this point, a Kremlin's agent, or is he a, more of a Kremlin's well-wisher? Well, believe it or not, uh, your question disappeared. Uh, oh, the question is the- All right. Yeah. So I, I think I understand the meaning of the question. But I'll, I'll be very brief. I'll just mention it again. Uh, do you feel that President Trump is officially an agent of Kremlin for, for through some of it offshore corporation, business interests, whatever? Or is President Trump more of a Kremlin well-wisher? Uh, what I think is obvious, that there is an agreement uh, between President Putin and President Trump. And uh, the uh, basis of this agreement is that under no circumstances, Trump uh, would not say a single critical word towards Russia and towards Putin. And we see it from the moment when uh, Trump conducted his uh, campaign. This was Surprising, this was damaging for him because the foreign policy aspect was the weakest part of his uh, program. And at the same time, the foreign policy was actually the weakest part of Obama administration and Obama policy during all those years. And Hillary Clinton, of course, was Secretary of State and made major mistakes as a leader of the the Department of State. So it was very easy to criticize both Clinton and Obama uh, for mistakes conducted during uh, the the last eight years. For example, occupation of Crimea and invasion of Eastern Ukraine took place, of course, when Obama was the president. Uh, And also Clinton was... As President Trump has just recently pointed out in a tweet. That's that's correct. But the point is that you could be actually aggressive about both Clinton and Obama in everything that's connected to Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine, uh, Russian interference in uh, Syria, uh, Russian aggressive moves in Eastern Europe, you know, all those planes, flying along uh, borders of uh, Eastern European countries, all those submarines uh, swimming near Sweden and Finland, etc., etc. Nevertheless, we did not see a single 
a critical word, a single bad word about Putin or, or Russia during his campaign. Now, as soon as Trump became president, we uh, were witnessing two people who uh, were introduced by Trump to his administration uh, as liaisons uh, between him and Putin. One, of course, was General Flynn, and the second person was uh, Mr. Tillerson. Now, uh, we and, and I should say that uh, the last time we spoke, you have uh, correctly predicted that Mr. Tillerson will indeed be the final survivor in that uh, round of the game uh, that uh, Trump is playing with this country. So uh, he was the one indeed who was picked, even though there were some more well-known names involved in that uh, contest. Of course. And it became clear that Trump uh, will not... Uh, choose uh, a person who is tough uh, with Putin or who is tough uh, with uh, Russia. So that's why his choice was Tillerson, because Tillerson, uh, as we do know, uh, was working in Russia, was very close to Russian officials. He received a, a medal, actually it's more than medal, this is the highest medal ever given to uh, to a foreigner uh, from Putin's hands personally. Now, again, this takes place while Russia is fighting in Ukraine and why, uh, when Russia is not behaving uh, properly. Uh, so Russia is not a friend uh, during those uh, years. Uh, and uh, now, do we, know, very, do we know what Tillerson did to deserve that re award, by the way? Well, we know what Tillerson did. Uh, we know what uh, Tillerson uh, did. Uh, he was partnered, business partner, with uh, top uh, officials uh, like uh, Mr. Sechin and probably Mr. Putin uh, in Russia. And he was loyal to them. They have common interests. So, once again, there are not too many people uh, who you could say are pro-Russian or pro-Putin uh, within the American uh, political spectrum. Uh, it, it, is a, it is a very difficult choice to find somebody like niche, Michael, niche product. Michael Flynn or somebody like Tillerson. Right. And uh, now we will see now how difficult is it going to be uh, for Trump to find a replacement for Flynn because there are not too many politicians and we, we've seen just, or military uh, generals, we've seen just another one dropped out of the race, basically refusing uh, to, to serve Trump because those people know what Trump wants them to do. Uh, he wants those people to be their zones between Putin and Trump. And uh, he wants those people to conduct pro-Russian and pro-Putin policy. Not too many people are ready to do this. Uh, we will see uh, how Tillerson is going to deal with this problem after uh, Flynn's uh, departure, because uh, Tillerson is going to be the next. Uh, the, the moment he makes the first wrong move, uh, the, the public opinion of the United States of America is going to be tough with him and is going to be after him the same way they were after Flynn. So if you see what uh, uh, Tilson and uh, Lavrov discussed yesterday, 
it was very soft, it was very diplomatic, of course, but at the same time, it was very soft. Once again, we did not hear, and we will not hear, a single critical word uh, directed towards Putin from Trump. We did not hear it yesterday, by the way, during this uh, amazing press conference. We will That's not true. From it's like it's like hard well. pro, it's like hard programmed in his brain that you can anything else is okay, but saying bad things about Putin is and not. The, and is it's not very okay. simple. Look, it's very simple. Uh, Trump Trump received. Uh, let's remember how it all started, right? Uh, well, not how it all started or how it continued. Trump received information that uh, the KGB, the FSB, uh, is. Uh, collecting compromising materials uh, about him. What is his reaction? He is not saying, oh, this is terrible that the Russian Secret Service is trying to, to, to collect compromising materials uh, against me. I am a nice, honest person, and it's terrible that they're doing this. No, that's not what Trump is saying. Trump is saying, oh, how could it be that this information is released to public by by uh, American uh, media? Media, That's what of course. Media. That's what he's saying. Now, uh, not to mention that we know Trump is going Trump, to deny everything. Right. Well, Trump. That's correct. But that's another part, right? But he's not even denying. Everything. Right. Right now, he's, he's attacking he's, media. He's in. He's uh, against the fact that the information about this came out, not uh, against the fact that the FSB is collecting materials against him. Now, uh, yesterday when, uh, you know, a ship was mentioned, a plane, planes were mentioned, missiles were mentioned, what's his reaction? He's not saying, oh, that's not good that Putin is doing this. He's saying, well, this is not good that Putin is doing this, but you have to understand that he is doing this because we cannot prove him that we love him. So it's kind of our fault that Putin is reacting the way Russia reacted. Again, why, he's why not is, critical. You know, I don't think Putin. that for somebody like, uh, and, and I will quickly reset, you're listening to WSUW, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Uh, this is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. My guest is author and historian, uh, Yuri Filstinsky. Yuri, why? Uh, you know, it seems to me that with Mr. Putin, one value that has been there throughout his long, illustrious career is making money. And if, uh, you know, if it takes to make money to work with drugs, that's fine. If he, to make money, he has to do things, that's okay. But then why, if he's making this important, important deal with the President of the United States, why can't he be strong enough? Because he allows for free press conferences, sort of, where people ask him any questions. Why is he so insecure and demanding that, uh, maybe insecure is the wrong word here, but why is this not saying bad things about Russia has to be part of this really big, much bigger deal? Well, because the deal is that he's not saying a single bad word about Russia. This is the deal. This is the only deal. 
You see, whatever going to happen to, uh, between America and Russia uh, during the next uh, four or, or eight years is questionable because we've seen how quickly Michael Flynn was actually forced to resign or fired because there are a lot of eyes uh, who are looking after uh, Flynn, after Tillerson, and even after Trump. So we do not know whether Trump would be able to fulfill his promises. This is still uh, questionable. Uh, we, we've seen now that Michael Flynn couldn't fulfill his promises because he simply was, you know, for, forced to resign. We do not know how long Tillerson will hold if uh, press would become suspicious that he is indeed agent of Putin or agent of influence of Putin or tries to conduct pro-Russian foreign policy. Uh, so we will see what's going to happen. But it's not going to be easy. Now it is not going to be easy for Trump to fulfill promises which were made. Uh, once again, we, we will see. But my point is that, uh, unfortunately, uh, we still do not hear a single sentence from Trump which would indicate that he is not a Russian agent in relation of foreign policy of the United States of America. So far, he is. He uh, was avoiding, I think you noticed this during uh, the press conference, he was avoiding the question of Iran, how he's going to deal with Iran, uh, which is supported by Russia. And this is the most important question if you deal, for example, with uh, the issue of uh, uh, Middle East and Israel, because the main problem of Israel today uh, are not Palestinians. This is a problem, of course, but this is a problem of, uh, you know, regional uh, kind of problem, but but Iran, this is not a regional kind of problem. This is a problem which uh, will escalate in in the future because Iran will try to uh, have nuclear weapons, and Iran will try to destroy Israel uh, if they have a chance to do this. Uh, and they're able to do this because they have major support from Russia. So if you want to, to help Israel, uh, you have to deal with Iran. But you cannot deal with Iran and be friendly with Russia at the same time. This is uh, just uh, impossible. Uh, so what, what I is think... This, is this a situation where Iran is kind of a client state of either United States or Russia? Uh, or at least another client to some kind of... No, know. no. Iran, of course, is extremely anti-American and is going to be extremely anti-American. Uh, this is uh, how, how it is. Uh, but, uh, but it is Russia which is behind uh, Iran. Uh, this is Russia which is uh, behind Assad. Uh, this is Russia who in is Syria. trying to uh, in Syria, right? This is Russia who is trying to destabilize situation in Eastern uh, Europe. This is Russia who is destabilizing situation in Georgia, in Ukraine, in Moldova. Uh, it, it, it is Russia. It's, it's, this is not a minor 
deal. And if the uh, if the major goal of Trump to be friendly with Russia uh, on Putin's condition, in his every action, right? Then then we are, we are in trouble, and we are going to be uh, in trouble. And 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 then uh, what I am also afraid, of course. Uh, that as a kind of destruction, because Trump would need destruction for for, for right. American public opinion, uh, for American people. As a kind of destruction, uh, Trump will create a crisis somewhere else, like in North Korea, for example. And uh, that's what I'm uh, afraid of. Or even a crisis with Iran, uh, and which is going to be even more risky in relation uh, of uh, Israel. Right. Well, as uh, former National Security Advisor Flynn said, Iran is on notice, and so either Iran or the you know, like you said, North Korea is always seems to be ready to stand in for the bad guy of the day. Um, Yuri, something I wanted to to focus in, which I feel is important that you mentioned, that is idea that now um, the president is likely to be looking for a liaison that is as friendly to Russia as General Flynn was to be his next national security advisor, um, and and as well as uh, Secretary of State should something happen to uh, Tillerson. Secretary Tillerson, uh, you know, if he has becomes too friendly to Russia and and has to resign under public pressure or some some such thing, um, is the since we've uh, you know since we've said that it's a small field of people that would fit into that category, uh, do you know of anybody that you are particularly watching out for, hoping that that's not going to be the na- next national security advisor, or you know any kind of direction that you want to indicate there? Uh, no, no, and uh, I think, uh, and I always thought from the very beginning, and I actually, you know, was following Flynn for this particular reason from the very beginning. I think this was a major mistake to name uh, Flynn as uh, as an advisor uh, for foreign affairs, and I think this uh, mistake was made because this was again another promise which was given that Trump indeed promised two things, uh, to put uh, Flynn as national security advisor and to have Tillerson as uh, secretary of state. So that's as much as he promised and he, you know, as we see, he tried to have them both. Now, this was a major mistake to to, uh, to sell uh, Flynn to American public. public. This could not fly. Uh, it was less risky but also uh, risky and probably a mistake uh, to have Tillerson as Secretary of State but then of course we had uh, Rubio who unfortunately uh, in the last moment uh, decided to support uh, Tillerson. I uh, have no idea why Rubio uh, decided didn't, didn't to do Didn't he just win re-election too? <clears throat> Uh, uh, Rubio, yes, yes. So he is as safe as can be. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. He was very safe, and his what was decided during the uh, this uh, you know eleven uh, to ten during that eleven to ten uh, voting confirmation within the uh, you know 
commission who right who originally you know decided if if uh, Tillerson would well, okay, uh, be well, a good well, candidate. But but anyway anyway unfortunately unfortunately at this point Republicans are more interested in fighting against uh, Democrats than in uh, fighting against uh, Putin. This this is the major point now because Republicans still think that they will deal with Putin later as soon as they are done with Democrats and uh, probably that's what's going to to happen. So. I would not be sh- sure if I would be Tillerson. I wouldn't be sure that uh, I would hold this position for very uh, long time. But uh, but you do not uh, find too many people in the United States who would agree to conduct a pro-Putin policy. Uh, foreign policy. Uh, Anybody in, in else America. had received any major awards from Putin that we should be aware of? Uh, actually, not. Tillerson was the only one, I believe. I think he was the only one. That's precisely the point. You know, out of huge country, and the United States is a big country. He, uh, Trump, you know, with difficulties and probably with the help of of Putin himself or the FSB, found two people who were good for that particular uh, job. One is out, uh, Trump will not find the second um, Michael Flynn. Okay. This is just not possible. There is no second Michael Flynn. He, he is completely alone. And there is no second Tillerson as well, by the way. Uh, so uh, we, are, we are slightly... That, we are that doing, is encouraging news. Correct. We are doing better now. We are doing better now. Uh, we are also are doing much better because the... The problem was described, and uh, we, we know that the, the, the problem exists. And uh, if if the investigation uh, will uh, will take place, and if Flynn will be, you know, deposed by by Congress or by Senate, we will find many interesting things. Because uh, so far, if you notice. Yesterday, a press was very hard with Trump, asking and asking him again and again whether he knows anything about contacts of members of his team with Russian officials during the campaign. And Trump repeatedly uh, told uh, publicly, for the record, that he does not know anything and he does not know a single person who, from his team who had uh, contacts with Russian officials uh, during the uh, presidential campaign. Now, I may tell you right now that that's precisely where uh, press caught Trump. Uh, that's precisely why this question was asked by different people many times, because we know for sure that members of uh, Trump's team had contact with Russian officials during the campaign. So either Trump was lying yesterday, this is possible, or he was not informed. Now, if he was not informed, 
then as soon as this information will appear, the way the information started to, you know, to build up during the Flynn case, uh, Trump would have to fire all those people. Uh, if he knew about this, then I guess Trump is even in uh, bigger trouble because he publicly lied to uh, American people. So, uh, in one case or in another case, we are going to see new developments in connection with this quote-unquote fake Russian story, because Russian story is not a fake one. This is a very real one, and that's why Flynn uh, was forced to resign. You're listening to WSUW. The Edge, 91.7 FM in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. On the program with me today, I'm joined by Yuri Filshinskin, author and historian, uh, who has written several books uh, on the history of Russia and uh, actually uh, history of KGB and FSB and their involvement, uh, as well as co-authored a book with Alexander Litvinenko, who was um, poisoned and as uh, has become... Um, separate topic of its own, the poisonings uh, of uh, political enemies have become all the rage in Russia in the last few years, but uh, perhaps the most well-known victim of uh, nuclear polonium um, poisoning, Alexander Litvinenko. Based kind of on all of this background, Yuri, I'd like to ask you to how... You know, right now the word out of Moscow is that uh, now the, TV, the media and the press are not supposed to praise Trump as much. So my first question would be, what is the, the, the deal, you know, what is the connection to the deal made between Russia or Putin and Trump that maybe are they both not allowed to say bad things about each other? Are they both breaking the deal? Uh, and also, to what extent do you feel that Kremlin is uh, really nervous at all or panicking? Or what do you feel the reaction in KGB, Kremlin, Putin, what is their perspective on what's developing right now in the United States? Well, the resignation of Flynn was a major blow for two reasons. Uh, number one, they lost the person who would contact them and who, again, uh, would uh, you know, carry information from, from Putin to Trump, from Trump to Putin, uh, from, you know, from a practical point of view. This is a great uh, loss. For them, but also uh, the problem is that we now may say publicly, we may say publicly that Flynn was a Russian agent, and this is a major blow for for the Secret Service who is losing uh, his agent uh, after several days in in office. This is a major blow. So uh, it, it might be it might be quiet for now. Uh, nothing probably is changed uh, for for Putin and for Trump in the relations of of uh, their agreement. Uh, we so far uh, we have to see and we are watching uh, whether Trump would try to help Ukraine uh, to deal with Russian aggression. Uh, at this point, I think uh, it is fair to say that uh, Trump uh, is not going to help uh, Ukraine. 
uh, we are watching what's going to happen in relations between NATO and the United States and Russia. So far, uh, all we heard from the Secretary of Defense that unless uh, countries who are members of NATO will start to pay money, and now listen to this, he is not saying that, look, if you will not start to pay money, uh, we will not pay money, right, for example, or we will be starting negotiations with your governments and will demand that all payments are made in time. No. What he is saying that the United States will uh, reconsider commitments because you are not paying money. In other words, Trump is looking for an excuse. Right, to kick to the dissolve, customers out of the store. Right, to dissolve NATO or to delete, you know, paragraph number five uh, of the bylaws, which is basically the uh, mutual assistance uh, agreement uh, in case of aggression. And the only aggressor, of course, in, in uh, Europe in terms of NATO uh, is uh, Russia. So uh, Trump, unfortunately, uh, found uh, Secretary of Defense who is uh, ready to conduct his policy, maybe maybe without understanding what Trump actually wants, because I do not think that uh, you will not... You will now, what do, you, what do you think about Trump. the fact that the person, the General Howard, who just turned down the position of National Security Advisor, is one of the Secretary of Defense, uh, Secretary Mattis's men. This is like his guys, and he asked his guy to come in, I guess, and be the National Security Advisor, and his guy said, mm, no. Well, because he knows... Uh, How does that affect the relationship, listen, listen, you know? Here's the issue. Here's the issue. Uh, I started all this risky conversation, uh, or started to publish uh, articles about uh, Flynn and Trump and Tillerson uh, before the mainstream of American uh, press basically started to, to suspect the same or to claim the same. Uh, the case of Flynn helped us a lot because now from every corner we see such words as impeachment coming from members of American Congress. We see such words like treason coming from members of Congress and, and Senate. And the, the press is absolutely, uh, you know, critical on the level never happened before about what's going on with Trump and Trump's administration in relation to Russia. So now it is safe for me to say that everybody, listen, like everybody in Washington, in Pentagon, in CIA, in FBI, knows that what something is going on, that something is extremely wrong uh, with Trump in connection to Russia. Now, when uh, 
when Secretary of Defense is uh, mentioning the you know revision of commitments in relation to to, to defense of Europe, uh, it's it's a big thing. It it is very important. Now, does this mean that the same Secretary of Defense would agree to dissolve NATO if Trump would ask him to do this? Not necessarily. He probably would resign in this case. Uh, that's, that's why we see uh, people uh, resigning from the positions even before you know those positions are taken, because they know what they're going to face with Trump. They see, they do see, they do understand that Trump has a particular agreement with Putin about Russia and NATO and Russian activity in Eastern Europe, and not everybody is ready to 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 sign uh, for for this. So, not, so you uh, can say that uh, you can say that uh, Trump has one non-negotiable. That's well, friendly to Russia. Uh, Again, uh, you see, uh, I'm I'm a freelance, uh, whatever writer, journalist, whatever you call me. I'm allowed. I also to mentioned say, historian. Right, I'm allowed to say whatever whatever I want. I am not reporting to to my editors uh, uh, or to editorial board. Uh, people from <laughs> uh, you know Fox, uh, CNN, etc., etc. Uh, they uh, they have to be more careful because they have to bring proof first. You see, for me, I do not have to see a stone uh, which uh, is thrown into water if I see uh, rings on the water. I understand that probably a stone was just dropped there. Uh, they have to see uh, the stone uh, in order to claim that the stone was dropped into the water. This is the difference. So that's that's why uh, I'm, you know, starting to to cry uh, wolf uh, before everybody else uh, is doing this. This is not because I have more information. I do not. Uh, this is not because I'm more, you know, brave. No, it's just because they work under different rules of uh, engagement, and their rules are that you have to have proof first, then you make a claim. Uh, I'm making a claim as a historian uh, who knows what the FSB is, how they work, uh, so I, for this reason I'm, I, I think it's much easier for me to predict uh, things. Uh, the other people usually come to the same conclusions uh, so much later when the proof uh, is put on the table. So with Michael Flynn, we've seen it. We, we started with suspicions and we ended with proofs of the table and it's ended in uh, resignation. Uh, so we, we will see it. It's difficult, as we know from WikiLeaks, as we know from all these leaks, in our contemporary world, it is very difficult uh, to, to keep information uh, secret. It is, because too many people know this, too many people listen to this, 
there are so many agencies in the United States who are listening and watching uh, that uh, it is difficult. And it is going to be difficult for Trump uh, to conduct the, the policy which he promised uh, to, to Putin to deliver on, on the plate. Uh, maybe it's not even possible. Maybe it is not. Uh, uh, Trump will try. He's trying very hard. We've seen yesterday. He's trying very, very hard to fulfill his promises to Putin. But it is very difficult, and it's going to be even more difficult uh, with times. You're listening to WSUW 91.7 FM, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Uh, my guest today, Yuri Filshtinsky, author, historian, um, author of many books. Um, Yuri, in, in conclusion, what are, you, what are you looking forward to developing? What are your, uh, maybe what are you hoping for? Let's, let's look at the, from the positive point of view, what are you hoping for? <clears throat> well, from the positive uh, point of view, I, I think that the, the uh, resignation of Flynn uh, was probably the, the best uh, news we got uh, during these uh, last several months of uh, political struggle in Washington, D.C., because this indicates, uh, number one, that uh, people are not stupid, that press is not stupid, that no one is going to give up, no one is going to give up, and uh, the fact that Trump is in charge of foreign policy uh, of the United States of America doesn't necessarily mean that Putin would be allowed to do what he wants in uh, Eastern Europe uh, and uh, even in the Middle East. Uh, so this is a hope. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. I think we have to agree that uh, for, for the first time in many, many years, every time we are watching news, we actually see a lot of interesting uh, things happening in the United States of America. Uh, and we even never probably suspected that those things are So are for, like a, for like a news junkie, this is Super Bowl. Well, it is obviously Super Bowl. What I think is very important that, and probably that's a good thing, that, that Trump is very open uh, with, with us. Uh, Transparent, you may, can say. Right. It may backfire, of course, because he is kind of uh, collecting damage himself. He's collecting damaging information about him. And he doesn't understand this because he lives actually in a different reality. So this is not just a story of fake, so-called fake news, right, which appear uh, from, from different angles. And uh, he's living in different reality. And he is uh, not ready to face the reality. I mean, he's seriously... Uh, believing and repeating uh, many, many times that uh, he, uh, he is very popular as a president. He, he is not, by all definitions, he is not a very popular one, right? He, 
he, uh, well, he views himself as a leader of a movement, and that's entirely precisely. But this is also an illusion. There is no movement. There is no, there is no movement. I mean, uh, he he won, he won. There is a fair number uh, of angry people walking around. Correct, but that's that's always. I mean, you could always uh, find a, a group of supporters, whether you are Clinton or, or Trump. I mean, this this. Uh, this this is not actually important. This should not be in, important so for I guess, president so I guess of the United you could say States. This is, it's true, but you could say that this is maybe a difference, a positive difference between him and Hitler, with Nazis being a movement, and this isn't. Well, I would not uh, compare. Uh, uh, Trump and, and Hitler, uh, and in I fact, the opposites that they are not that they are not like they're far, they're far away, right? I, I mean, I could compare Hitler and, and Putin, this I would do without any difficulties, but of course, uh, not to Trump. But, uh, no, my, my point is that, uh, Trump does not see himself as the president of the United States. At this point, maybe something is going to change. I, I do not really know. Uh, he, uh, he is involved very much in liking himself. He wants everybody, he wants everybody to, to like him. Uh, this is his problem because this is not going to happen. This is not going to happen even if he becomes a good president. This is not going to happen. Uh, a good half of the country, uh, nevertheless, will not uh, like him. Uh, he uh, does not like the press. He openly is saying about this. So in return, uh, press doesn't like him. It's, it's not because they do not like him from day number one. They, they do not like him because he, he is terrible with press, etc. So he, he is terrible with a lot of groups of people. And, and again, we have, to, we have this, you know, elections, okay, 46% uh, for Trump. Uh, this, is not, this, this is not a majority. So the majority is against Trump, right? So he, he sh should understand that the majority will be against him forever. And he has to deal with it. Uh, he has to live with it. He doesn't have to prove to the whole country that they are wrong is not in not liking him. This is not his job. His job is to be president of, of the whole country. So he you know, he, he has to go further. He, he has to deal with the fact that he is not going to be liked by, by a good half of the country. And, and that's, that's okay. And that's fine. And that's right. fine. That's, right. that's okay. You know, probably a good half of the country at one point didn't like uh, Obama or, or Bush. Uh, you know, that, that's fine. It, this should not be a problem for him. Uh, somehow, it is a major problem. 
You know, it, it's funny because having served in elected uh, official capacity myself uh, on city council uh, in, in our area, um, in actually Janesville, Wisconsin, it uh, was one of the earliest uh, things that you have to make peace with is that not everyone's going to like you. Almost every decision, you're going to have some people who support it, some people who oppose it, and that's fine. Uh, but since we have a president who has never been elected to anything, um, you know, by public, then uh, it's it's an interesting challenge that we see play out that involves uh, our lives, our national security, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, another another major problem with uh, uh, Trump for now is that uh, he probably doesn't understand at this point that there is a difference between declaration and actually things being done. And uh, so he he sincerely, my impression is that he sincerely believes that from the moment when he signed executive order, the problem is liquidated. He sincerely thinks that if he signs an executive order uh, to, to fight illegal immigration, to build the wall, to fight crime, uh, the problem starts to disappear. Well, that's and, probably and what happens on, on like a TV show because at the end of the show, you know, the hero signs that, you know, whatever, and now we're, we're off. We have credits rolling across the screen and the rest, you know, the wall is being built between the episodes as, and then we see it next week as a 30-second montage. Right. And, 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 then, and then yet another problem is that... Uh, that uh, he actually uh, believes only the information and facts uh, which are good to him. Well, that's not and that the, uncommon. Well, I think this is uncommon for the President of the United States. Uh, I, I would say uh, you have to deal with information which is uh, not good to you. Uh, you have to accept that this is possible. And if, if you are not popular, uh, you know, you are not popular, you should not say that this is fake news. I am popular. That's what we are, we are facing now. I wonder that if this if, is an expression of some kind of a self-help culture, but that's a totally different conversation. He lives like a very positive existence. Um, Yuri, I, I really want to thank you for your time. It's a pleasure to have you on the program. We can continue this conversation. I feel indefinitely because it is uh, so interesting to hear uh, your perspective. And as you said, the things we are uh, witnessing are certainly worthy of our attention. Um, last word to you before we go. Uh, what? To, go ahead. Uh, last word. Last word. Yeah. Of this question. Uh, well, uh, I'm an optimist. I know that uh, if we speak about foreign policy, that uh, Russia is a very weak country, that uh, it's trying to create problems because it's much easier to compete in creating uh, problems uh, than in competing. Uh, or economically or politically with the United States. Uh, that's what Putin is doing. He is very good uh, in this. Uh, I think the uh, danger is that uh, during this presidential campaign, Russia successfully intervened in this campaign. Now, I think we already crossed the line 
when people were saying that this should be proved. I, I think at this point we do know that Russia uh, was trying to help uh, Trump as much as Russia was able to help him, and Russia was trying to damage Clinton as much as Russia was able to damage Clinton. But uh, unfortunately, I think that uh, the, the tool was created, a very powerful tool, to interfere in another elections of uh, other countries. And if you noticed uh, yesterday, Lavrov, or maybe two days ago, Lavrov made a statement that uh, Russia never interfere, interferes in uh, internal affairs of other countries. And this is a Latin sentence for, for, uh, for me, and I'm sure for you, because we remember that as long as we lived in the Soviet Union, when Soviet Union, of course, uh, was interfering in, in uh, you know, all possible situations uh, involving, you know, independent movements in Eastern Europe, etc., was actually occupying those countries. Uh, There's a main sentence which we heard that the Soviet Union never intervenes in internal affairs of other countries. So we are back to the same sentence coming from Lavrov. And this is an indication that Russia plans to intervene as they do now in internal affairs of other countries. Unfortunately, those other countries in Europe are going to have elections uh, this year, uh, including major countries like uh, France and Germany. And the result of those elections uh, is very important. And since, unfortunately, Russia was not punished for the crime committed during the American elections. Uh, Russia will continue to do the same, hoping that they are not going to be punished again, because uh, now with Trump in uh, Washington, D.C., who else is going to punish uh, Russia if Trump is not ready to do this or is not willing to do this? or is under obligations not to do this. So that's where the danger is, that unfortunately, if Russia is allowed to proceed to interfere in elections the same way they, they managed to do it in the United States, by the end of 2017, we will see a different Europe. And this might be Europe without a European Union and without NATO. Yuri Filshinsky, author, historian, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you. You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to Rashkin Report.